0: scoutsagencycom com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Founder and CEO of Scouts Agency, a female-focused PR agency that specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts, and the author of *The Emotional Entrepreneur*, the emotional guidebook to entrepreneurship. I also live with bipolar disorder. From being a college dropout to business owner, I have garnered up the healing tools from living with a mental illness to build my entrepreneurial life. Welcome to my podcast, where I ramble about mental health tips entrepreneurial strategies, and mindset shifts so that you can act despite fear and live your life of purpose. I am so honored you are here. Pressing play means that you are ready to feel safe in your emotions. Let's get into the episode, shall we? Hello, my loves. Welcome back to my podcast. I am Scout Sobel, and I am, as always, so honored that you are here. I am recording this intro from my bath, which if you listened to last week's episode, you know I recorded that in the bath as well. And something is telling me that this is going to become a theme. This is going to be my sacred space where I record this podcast, where I talk to you all, where I really connect with what with what wants to come through and all the things. So I am sitting here in a wonderful bath, soaking in a goop, the Martini Detox Bath Salt scrub thing, whatever you call it. I have a beautiful candle lit and you know, you might be thinking, oh, it's like seven o'clock in the evening. Incorrect. It is 1102 on Monday when I'm recording this. It is Monday morning and I am being called to record these with a little bit more intention in the sense that I want to slow down when I hop on the mic. I want to be not distracted by anything else, I want to have full focus and clarity here with you because I think that when we move through the days and move through all of our tasks, sometimes what we lack or sometimes what we're not focused on is being really mindful and present with every and each thing that we're doing. So today I invite you into that. We have an incredible episode today. I interviewed David Meltzer, who I will let you know a little bit more about who he is in just a second. But why this episode is so exciting for me is because David Meltzer lost a $100 million and then he bounced back. And in a world where we want our dreams to come true, we have entrepreneurial pursuits, dreams, visions, wants, needs, desires. Maybe it's that we want to start a wellness lifestyle blog. Maybe we want to create a product-based business, a YouTube channel, a podcast, an agency. Whatever it is, a lot of limiting beliefs come up of what is possible and what isn't possible. A lot of fear comes up on the, I suppose, The fear of failure, the fear of anything going wrong, the fear of something not working, et cetera, et cetera. And our mind can tell us so, so many narratives that aren't even true, that haven't even happened, that most likely will not even come to fruition. We immediately go to the worst case scenario. And in business, potentially losing $100 million can be considered one of the worst case scenarios. And yet, David Meltzer, through a lot of the practices that I preach, his wife was very instrumental to his spiritual growth, his emotional growth, his personal development growth. Uh, We definitely, are our missions and our purpose and the way we talk about what we do really intersect, which is why I believe that you are all going to love, love, love this interview. And it's going to show you that Even if the thing you fear the most, even if the worst case scenario comes true, even if very challenging things happen that don't go your way, you can use them to persevere, to pivot and to grow stronger exactly like David did. And that's really why I wanted to have this conversation with him. He so graciously invited me onto his IG Live a couple weeks ago. And so returning the favor and being able to interview him was definitely, definitely a very fulfilling moment since he is packed, packed with wisdom. But before I formally introduce David, a lot is going on internally for myself if you saw um, my latest Instagram post, I wrote that I have definitely been in a little bit of a hibernation on Instagram. The end of 2021, for me, I have kind of retreated inside. I'm slowing down. I want less stimuli, less consuming of content, uh, a lot more peace of mind, quiet daily meditations, like sometimes twice a day. And I've never really been able to get into a consistent meditation practice. So this has been really interesting. My body and my mind and my soul and my spirit are definitely asking me to not be so on, not to just kind of hop on IG Live and be on a bunch of podcasts and use my public face, et cetera, as the female founder, being a public female founder, which me and my sister talk a lot about on OK Sis Podcast. The end of 2021 has asked me to, as I said earlier, kind of go into a hibernation just to be with me, to spend a lot, a lot of alone time. And in this phase of my life, in this current season that I am so grateful for and am really, really nourishing myself and living in it versus making the slowing down wrong or wondering why I'm not running at full speed like I usually do, in this, a lot of new visions and dreams and ideas are coming true or coming through. They will come true soon. So if you consider yourself an emotional entrepreneur, the first major, major thing will be announced the week after Thanksgiving. This is going to help one emotional entrepreneur in her business significantly. It is the biggest giveaway I have ever given, and I am so excited to provide this level of support for one of you emotional entrepreneurs. So if you are not signed up for my newsletter, I invite you to do so. You can go to the link in the show notes or you can go to the link in my Instagram bio to sign up. That's when you're going to hear about it all first. But there is some big women supporting women, entrepreneur supporting entrepreneur, emotions, vibe, energy, giveaways, masterclasses, all of the things coming to you the first week of the week after Thanksgiving, which I am so excited about, and this is just the beginning. I have already planned Q1 of 2022 to be jam-packed with How can I support all of you emotional entrepreneurs who are here for the intersection of mental health and business, who read my book, which thank you so, so, so much if you ordered my book and read it and reviewed it or posted it to your Instagram stories. My gratitude for you is endless. And after putting myself out there with my book in the podcast tour and inviting so many new members into this community to talk about something that fulfills my soul so, so, so much... I have been meditating on not what's next necessarily in an action-oriented space, but what is the next level of service, of community, of empowerment that I can bring forth based off of the emotional entrepreneur movement. So definitely uh, sign up for my newsletter. And if you do, you get a very nourishing email from me every single Sunday, which allows you to reflect on something before starting the week to really root into your purpose and your intention, as well as align yourself, ground yourself, connect inward before the week starts so that you can jump out there and start living your purpose, start creating your purpose or maintaining your purpose, cultivating, loving, nourishing, all of the things. So I, I, I'm I, bursting at the seams kind of with this, with all these new things that I have planned, but it's really filling me with, with huge groundedness, which is a different feeling for me. My energy healers always tell me I have to ground. So this next phase of the emotional entrepreneur movement is going to be epic. It's going to be a lot more intensive. It's going to be an intensive, I mean, kind of um, more supportive, like even more support in this notion of emotional entrepreneurship. So thank you so much for just being here on this journey with me. Thank you so much for supporting everything that I do, the book, this podcast, it means the world. So Let's get into this episode because I know you are going to feel a kinship to David Meltzer. He is actually the first male, I suppose, that I have really ever interviewed. You know at Ocase's Podcast, I only interview women. And so this is kind of my first official interview with a man. And I'm so honored that it is David Meltzer. So who is David Meltzer? David Meltzer is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing and formerly served as CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. David has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. He is also the executive producer of the Bloomberg and Amazon Prime television series Two Minute Drill and Office Hours. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. As part of that mission, for the past 20 years, he's been providing free weekly trainings to empower others to empower others to be happy. Without further ado, let's welcome David Meltzer to the Scout Podcast. Okay, David, do you want to know what my favorite part of your story is?
1: Of course. What is it?
0: That you lost $100 million, and I'm going to tell you why. Please. The other day, I was sitting with my dad at lunch. I'm 30 years old, and I became an entrepreneur, financially successful about almost three years ago with my agency, and I put a lot of financial pressure on myself to build wealth, to build wealth that lasts decades, to build wealth that one day my children can appreciate and enjoy and grow with. And I was sitting there with my dad, who is a business mentor to me, and he said, well, you know, I didn't have a dime until I was 35. I went bankrupt before that. And my entire body just relaxed because it gave me permission to know that I have time to know that I can fail and make mistakes and come back stronger, exactly like you have. So I really want to dive into losing one, that much money, the exact emotional thing you felt. We'll start there. What did you feel like when you lost that money?
1: Funny for me is I hit rock bottom about two years before I actually lost everything. And I almost lost what was most important to me, which was my wife, which would have been my family. And my wife was the one that, raised my awareness to the fact that I was not taking stock in who I was and what I wanted to become. And so by the time two years later that I lost everything, I was in some set in a mindset prepared, but there was two things uh, that hit me. I was afraid and it took me about six years to start admitting to people how, you know, what had happened. I was embarrassed, shameful, I felt like a failure, even though I'd been working on my mindset and working on gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, which I think for me, motivated me one, but you know, I had to go tell uh, Lee Steinberg, the most notable sports agent in the world, that the, his CEO and the reason he hired me as a CEO is not only my technology background, but because I was an example of these the financial success that these athletes could have and security and literacy that I could give them but even more, I had to tell my mom that I went bankrupt. And not only that I went bankrupt, but I lost, the only reason I wanted to be rich was to buy my mom a house and a car. And I had lost her house because I forgot to take it out of my name. So I think shame, embarrassment, but I also had a sense of motivation that I'm ready for this, I wasn't scared. In fact, my wife, who was the catalyst for my change of mindset, the only thing that made her afraid was how calm I was and confident. We went from having 33 homes in San Diego alone, uh, having you know our house taken away, our cars. I ended up living in a rented house with rented furniture and one car. And I had never been more confident that I was gonna make it all back the right way in an abundant world. And from the very first paycheck that I got, I gave a scholarship uh, to someone that went to my high school and my wife's high school. I remember bringing that check home and asking my wife, hey, is it okay if I give some money to our high school for a kid to go to college? Because I never would have went to college without scholarship. My siblings never would have went to college without scholarship. And she looked at me and she said, absolutely, started to cry, told me, wow, you finally get it. You trust the universe. And I said, yes, I do. And she said, well, why don't you double the size of that check? I looked at her, I said, no, I don't trust the universe that much. (laughs) You know, I think everyone that, that loses, fails, makes mistakes, has to process the blame, the shame, and the justification. But if you can extract the light, the love, and the lessons as you have from my journey and I have from my journey, then you're just that much stronger.
0: What did you discover about yourself as you went from losing it? I know you, talk, you said a lot that your wife was your catalyst for change. My husband was mine. And so I understand that dynamic and the sacredness of that. As you reemerged confident in rebuilding yourself, which we all know what you've rebuilt yourself to today, what was something that you were surprised to learn either about yourself Or about the way business works that you feel as if kind of became your superpower as you rebuilt your life?
1: It was humility, which was reconciled with faith. I thought I made it happen. You know, I I could outwork you or anyone like you or anyone around me. I wasn't particularly intelligent or, you know, talented, but I could outwork anyone. I could stay focused and outwork anyone. I was the most consistent person you know, that's how I played college football. I was just consistent and persistent. And what I learned, which still today surprises me, is that there is, an, number one, an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, and I'm not it. And that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source cares about me as much as I care about my own children or your parents care about you. And to know Number one, and believe that there is a source like that. And two, that it feels that way about me changed the entire paradigm of my life from I'm going to go get wealthy, I'm going to go get healthy, I'm going to go get worthy, I'm going to go get happy, to I am happy, I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am worthy, what am I doing to interfere with it? Now use all that consistent, persistent behavior to clear the interference between me and that omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source that cares more about me than I care about my own children. And with that faith, anything was not only possible, but not only probable, but became my entire reality, my perspective.
0: I'm just kinda, you know, there's ridiculous amounts of parallels in our lives. I didn't lose a hundred million dollars, but I lost my mental health so significantly, dropped out of college lost every prospect. We weren't sure if I would be able to make it. And it started with hope and it turned to faith, right? It was like a baby step. It was like the step that I took. I decided to be hopeful. And then that turned into faith and that I also credit it. I credit that relationship I have to God with my healing, et cetera. I talk a lot about the emotional journey for business owners and entrepreneurship because you know very well that we can talk about you know a growth strategy, a marketing strategy, how to hire, how to build a team, how to be a good CEO. But if you don't have that mindset right, one, it's not fulfilling, it's empty, it's shallow, it doesn't drive you forward. And two, the success that you can have is stunted, I believe. I believe we are limitless when we have a beautiful mindset and a connection to our most authentic, aligned self, what are some mindset tools, techniques, and tips that you would give to a new entrepreneur who's just jumping into the game by starting their own business?
1: Well, number one, to realize you have control of your mindset, your heart set, and your handset. So the first step is to realize that you have control of the mindset, you have control of the way you feel, and you have control of what you do. And so I've instituted five daily practices once someone knows that they have control of the mindset, the heart set, and the handset, to number one, know what you want every day personally, experientially, giving, and receiving wise. These are weighted in balance, determinative upon knowing your who, who you can help, and who can help you. After you have the weighted balance of what you want personally, experientially, giving, receiving wise, and you weight it by who you can help and who can help you then you need to effectuate time. I teach people to utilize the calendar and to utilize the mathematical equation of faith or luck, what you pay attention to, what you focus in on, and what you give intention to, what you think, say, do, and believe, even taking into context the unconscious competencies of your personality traits, characteristics, obsessions, and addictions, the inherited genetic, inherited energetic, quantum being that you are, When we pay attention and give intention to what we want, who we can help, and who can help us, the coincidences we want in our life start happening. This is a mathematical equation of luck. Attention plus intention equals coincidence. And so I teach people to use the lens of productivity, of how much value you can provide, a bifocal lens of accessibility, of how accessible are we to others? And how are we accessing what we want? How are we receiving? And then finally, most importantly, really teaching the lens of gratitude, which allows us to find the light, the love and the lessons and everything and determine whether it's worth our time, our emotion, our value, our money, in order to effectuate finding the light, love and lessons. Some things inherently, energetically and genetically, we just love and other things we need to determine pragmatically, how much does it feed us or does it bleed us? Is it worth the time, emotion, value and money in order to effectuate finding the light, the love and the lessons? Because there is light, love and lessons in everything. But do we want to utilize the 24 hours of man-made constructive time, the 24 hours of activity we get paid for, the 24 hours of activity we may not get paid for, or the 24 hours of activity of sleep or some combination thereof, weighted by the balance of the what, the who and the how. Once we determine that, as entrepreneurs, we then conquer the number one problem with being an entrepreneur, which is limitlessness, infinity, that there's always more that needs to be done. We're the people that's called the people, the big O and the little C, huge opportunity, little capability. And so what we need to do is effectuate this prioritization process. If you know your what, your who, and your how, you can determine what's most important to you presently and you do it now, 100% of the things you do now get done. It takes half as much time to do something now than it does later, and it's far more statistically successful to do it now than to do it later. So if you know your what, your who, and your how, you will know your now by what's important, urgency being a subset of that, as Eisenhower uh, so eloquently put into his matrix of urgency versus importance. But here's the most amazing thing. What occurs when you know your what, your who, your how, and your now is you learn to apply your why, which is the lesson that you and I, so we, Scott, we share. We apply our why. We're not in search of a void, shortage, or obstacle. We're not in search of what other people want for us, what's missing, what we don't want. We're in search of what we already have by clearing the interference. So I teach people the what, the who, the how, the now, and to apply their why to accelerate and aggregate what they want as quickly as possible. And uh, without limitations, living in a world of more than enough, this has been the key catalyst of enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit
0: of your potential. One last question, because that was beautiful. And I think it's going to hit a lot of people really, really in a powerful way. I'm always interested in what do you tell yourself when you don't feel like doing any of this? What do you tell yourself when you're emotionally exhausted and drained and anxious and out of alignment and want to throw all of it away tomorrow? Because I have those moments and I know that they're not my true self, but I do have to coach myself through them. I think we all do. What's the thing that you tell yourself when you get to that point?
1: Well, one, if I can identify the need of the ego that's creating that feeling. Is it a need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, worried, and identify it. And once I identify it as an ego-based consciousness, I tell myself, hey, I know what I want, who, how, and now. Now I've separated from that with this need to be separate. Instead of accelerating, going over and under it, through it, around it, resisting it, logicing it, I tell myself to stop so that I stop the void, the shortage, the obstacle from being created. And then I breathe, I drop through my nose, out through my mouth until I get back to center. I breathe until I remind myself, remember and recollect what I want, weighted by who can help me and who I can help. How am I gonna get this done? Reorganizing and reprioritizing what's most important to me. And as I get back to center, I then roll in the right trajectory. Instead of what most people do, they have that need to be anxious, frustrated, worried, angry, resentful, guilty. And then they try to resist it. They accelerate in the wrong direction. And then they wonder why they're so far from what they wanted. And then they have to do all this work to get back to just where they were. And that's what makes us want to quit. You have to realize that the ego-based consciousness will always be there. The ego is a necessity of us. We just want to utilize it in its most powerful way. The ego can motivate us. It can get us up, get us back up, get us started, get us back started. But once it does, we need to get back to center and roll in the right trajectory. We have to utilize our higher power of thinking. You see, when we evoke the ego, blood leaves our brain and goes to our body so we can fight feed, flee, or the other F word. And we try to use our higher power of thinking with no fuel in it. And so this methodology allows you to stop, breathe, get to center or neutral, get the blood back into your higher power of thinking and allow you to continually, with efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success, roll in the right trajectory of what you want, who you can help, who can help you and how you're gonna get it done. Prioritizing at all times, the activities, whether they're paid or unpaid, the activities, whether they're planned or not planned, that allow you to move in the most productive, accessible and gracious way. Finally, it's interesting that you talk about these feelings of the ego. Majority of people, they go to bed and they wake up more tired than when they went to sleep. Probably the most counterintuitive, most illogical thing I've ever heard in my life that you go to sleep, you go to rest, And you wake up and you described it perfectly more exhausted more worried what we need to do is understand the unwinding routine to put ourselves at center and neutral before we go to bed so that we clear the interference so that when we wake up we plateau and grow that we don't push a boulder to the top of the hill all day long just to have it roll down to the bottom the next day we're not tubes it's not food in food out paycheck in paycheck out We are growing, expanding, accelerating, learning individuals. We are people who, along with the universe, are here for three things, to do our best, to learn lessons, and most importantly, to be happy. In other words, to have fun. So if you can do your best, learn lessons and have fun, use pain as not a punishment, but a propeller, something that's propelling us to a better place, a better position. The failures, setbacks, mistakes, losing over $100 million was only an indicator that I had lessons to learn to put me in a better place, a better situation, and to make my life better. The same holds true for everyone listening today, including you. I appreciate the time so much, the opportunity so much. I look forward to doing so much more with you. You are an inspiration. You're one of the Melcher 1000s, empowering others to empower others to be happy. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, David. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at ScoutSobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings from Scouts Agency to OKCIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.